Aimless to Hire podcast episode 31. He's just his own little guy. He's not trying to fit in. Uh, and I think because he's not trying to fit in, he stands out. You're listening to the Aim a Little Higher podcast, helping you stand out in a crowded world. And now, introducing your host, he was an Olympic torchbearer, Peter Jones National Entrepreneur of the Year, and professional branding coach, Kamal Hyman. Welcome to the Aim a Little Higher podcast. It's your boy Kamal Hyman here, and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is an award-winning college advisor and host of the Crush Your Internship podcast. He lives in Phoenix, Arizona with his wife, Sarah, and six-year-old son, Agostin. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Alan Baudry. Alan, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me on. No problem at all. Thank you for taking the time out to come to the show. And it's always a pleasure when we get an international guest as well. So thank you very much, sir. You bet. Hopefully the, my accent isn't too weird. <laughs> no, I, I love the American accent. I'm a big fan. I think it's so cool. I mean, mine mine goes more into like some kind of gangster rapper when I, <laughs> <laughs> when I tried to do one. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Well, so, I, have, I, have the, I have the Midwest if people really know the accents. I have like an upper Midwest accent. So what, it's, it's definitely not movie star or anything like that. It's just kind of <laughs> very middle of the road American accent. Got yeah, got yeah. Well, welcome to the show. And you are, like I said, an award-winning college advisor. How did you come to do that role? Because I know, even from the chat we were having just before, your role is very much a support role for students. And can you just tell us kind of how you came into that role and why you like it so much? Yeah, thanks. Well, when I graduated from high school, even college, I had no idea I would be doing academic advising, wasn't even on my radar screen, but what I'd always liked uh, to do is help people. So it's just that core thing ever since, you know, like high school is I just like helping people in some way, shape or form. So my first uh, degree, I got a degree was to be a teacher, a high school teacher, because, and really it was kind of um, funny how I got to that process because like in high school, I liked history, I liked reading history. I thought, okay, well, what can you do with a degree in history? Well, basically teach and so I thought, okay, well, I should teach. And that was about as much thought as I had put into it. I didn't put, <laughs> I put very little thought into my career path. I was like, well, I like history. You can teach. And so that's what I went to do. And okay. I went to college, got a degree in teaching history. And I did that. And, and I did that for a little while. Then I just realized that that wasn't my, my calling. And so then I went, actually, what I liked doing or wanted to do was that I, just, I had this travel bug. And I, I realized that if someone had actually sat down to talk to me about history and like it appeals to me, like what I really like is learning about other people and other cultures. And that's why history, I think, really appealed to me. And so as part of that bug of learning about other culture and other people, I, I decided that I wanted to travel when I was younger and like live, not just like visit, but like live someplace and really get absorbed in it. And so... If that's something that some of your listeners ever want to do, if they've kind of got that that bug to, you know, go and live in a part of the world, not just be there for a couple of weeks, you can go and teach English pretty much anywhere in the world and, you know, make a little bit of money. You're not going to ever get rich doing it. But if you want to go to Japan or I went to Argentina, if you go to Argentina, uh, you can get hired as an English teacher and you make just enough money to survive and travel. But it's the way to see the world if you want to do that. So uh, that's what I did. I went down to Argentina, taught English. It's actually where I met my wife. She's she's Argentine. 
So it wasn't part of the plan, but when I got <laughs> down there, fell in love. Uh, kind nice. of romantic. Yeah. Kind of the, the story is just all, you know, kind of like out of movies, just by chance that we met. Uh, and then I, I came back to, we, well, we came back to the United States and I ended up working in a, a university here just kind of by, by accident. And then I got into this whole uh, area of, of working at a, a university institution and helping students uh, in the university setting to make sure they get the right classes and uh, what academic advisors do. They actually do a lot, but we, we make sure that we work with students who are in our major to make sure that they progress like they should and overcome any obstacles. And then if you're kind of really good at what you're doing and if you really kind of care about your students, you kind of put in a little extra effort and make sure that they kind of get the most out of their experience, not just like the minimal, but make sure that like if there's opportunities that come up like internships or um, anything where you can kind of personalize it to what the student's trying to accomplish. Yeah, any opportunity to kind of stand out. Yeah, exactly, to stand out and to help them, yeah, reach their goals. And so that's was kind of my focus, and I, I, I got recognized by the university and then by the, uh, the National Academic Advising Association as being one of the best academic wow. advisors there. So that was kind of my, my path. Ah, powerful stuff. And it's really interesting that, you, you know, you kind of didn't know what you wanted to do initially, but um, went down the, the route that seemed to make the most sense, experienced it, realized it's not for you, and then made the adjustment. And it kind of seems like in life you can go either deciding it straight away, knowing what your passion is, or like you, you did, where you go out, explore, give it a try, not for you, change that course, and then find something that suits you more. So it's really interesting to hear it from that angle as well. And then your role, I think, is so vital for people in university, just helping them to take advantage of the opportunities to like we say, keep on building that personal brand. So thank you so much for sharing that. You bet. What are you excited about right now? Have you got any big projects coming up or is it like many of the podcasts? What are you excited about right now? Well, I've got the podcast and that, that is exciting and it's something that's keeping, and you know, keeping it busy. It's, it's, yes, it's, it's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be, but it's great. I really, it's, it's exciting. I get to meet people like you uh, who I never, ever would have got a chance to, to get to know. Yeah, and so the, the, the podcast is just, it's like, um, I can't think of a good analogy, but it's just like, it's like a gift that keeps giving. I mean, just the more I do it, there's just the more reward that I get back. I mean, you know, hopefully it's, it's beneficial to the listeners, but, you know, I'm getting so much from it. It's almost kind of selfish that I get so, so <laughs> much so much out of it. I mean, it, it's just really helpful. But right now, it's, it's actually kind of um, a, something that came up out of the blue is that I'm going back to visit my family, my parents in North Dakota, which most people probably don't know which state that is, but there's a state in North Dakota, a very rural state, and they don't get a lot of uh, college preparation support because they're kind of remote compared to like big cities like Phoenix or New York City. Yeah, and so, and so I was encouraged to say, hey, you know, you because the University of Arizona and Arizona State University are, are like some of the largest universities in the United States, and actually they're both kind of nationally recognized. Like they're on the rankings when they rank universities, they're very highly ranked and prestigious for public institutions. And so I just have a lot of knowledge that I've gained about how, how to be successful, like what students can do to be successful. And so I was asked to speak when I go back home to my home community to, to speak to the high school students there. And then my sister, who lives in another city, she said, hey, you should do the same thing while you're back visiting. And so it's just interesting because when I contact 
the the prince i'm not sure what you call them there but the principals are the people who are kind of in charge of the schools yeah yeah we call them principals head teachers okay so they're just they're like excited they're like yeah could you please come this is great and like no one ever does this and i just i don't know if there's an opportunity there but it seems like it it's like you know it's one of those things that i know something these people seem to want to to, <laughs> to yeah. learn what i know and so i don't know there might be a way to to take advantage of that and monetize that. I don't know. So is this something that's just came up out of the blue, but uh, who knows? That's, that's what way awesome life stuff. works. Yeah. That's how my career started. I, I was youth MPS, started doing a uh, speaking in schools and eventually got really good at it. And people started recommending <laughs> me to other places and literally just through word of mouth, it started to grow to the point where I left my full-time job. Well, it wasn't, it was my part-time job because I still live with my parents, but the point where I left my job and it's now all I do. So Hey, it starts with something as simple as that. So that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. And it's something that I like most people, I think, have a fear of speaking in front of people. I don't, I don't think, obviously, you don't. <laughs> or maybe you do. Do you have, are you, I mean, when you watch the videos of you, you seem like you're just having fun. But is there deep down, are you scared or how are you when you're up in front of people? Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. I used to be uh, a little bit. But what I've realized is it, as long as you're prepared and you're talking about something you know and you're passionate about, it's so much fun. I still get nervous, but what you do is you just train those nerves to turn turn more into excitement rather than nerves or fear. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yep. So, yeah, so I'm sort of at that place where literally, yeah, if you see me on stage, I'm just having a blast. I, I absolutely love it. Yep. And so I, I'm the same way. Again, it has to be something I really know and have a passion for. But anyway, I, I think this is... Uh, what I haven't been doing, but I think that's maybe, like I said, getting, you know, what's getting me excited is like, yeah, I think this is something that I could p- pursue because I do like it and it's something I enjoy. And it's really helpful. I mean, it's not just a selfish thing where whatever, just like what you do, it's, it's very helpful. And I think, well, just from this little demand that I've that I've experienced from the little outreach that I did, is like people do want to hear these things. They They need, they know they need to know it and no one's ever given it to them. So I just have to see how I can take advantage of that. 100% powerful stuff. What does personal branding mean to you and why does it matter? Well, personal branding, what it means to me is, is that, well, at least in a, in a career sense, is just how you stand out in a way that is very positive that when people th- see your name on a sheet of paper or on a website or whatever, you know, it instantly comes out that there's certain words that come out and hopefully you want these things to be like excellence, hardworking, mm-hmm. you know, I want you kind of, you know, if it's an employer, so that, that idea of a personal brand is just that unique you, like that unique you that that is just there's certain words and characteristics that come to mind that only are you in in the eyes of other people who are looking at you. Nice. Nice. I love that. And before we get into your lesson that you're going to share with our listeners, we're going to go into the rapid round where I'm going to fire a bunch of questions at you. Answer as honestly as you can. All right. All right. What time do you wake up? <laughs> Okay, so I don't know if you've had any other uh, people talk about this, but I read uh, the book called uh, The Miracle Morning. How Elrod, yep. Yeah, all right. So I read that because it recommended to me, and I act- actually started at 5 o'clock every morning. Uh, I wake up, I've been doing that for, I don't know, maybe half a year now, and I have to say, I- and I'm not a morning person, I just, and, but I get so much done. If I didn't, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't get up at 5 o'clock. Nice. Nice. I've definitely got to revisit the book. Yeah, it's. I don't do all the things he, say, he okay, says, but ahead. I yeah. do get up at five o'clock, and that's the one thing I've kept consistent. Nice. 
What one thing do you do in the morning that guarantees a productive day? Uh, man, that might be more uh, theoretical than actually <laughs> okay. doing. But what, what I'm trying to do, and this is what Hal and all, all the kind of experts say, is that you tackle that most important thing, and that's what. And it's hard, you know. I have, it's, I really am like everybody else, where I want to kind of go to the second or third most important thing. But you know, when I do those days where I do tackle that most important thing, which for me is that you have to sit down like the night before and write it down. Like, Hey, what, what do I need to get done the next morning or yeah. next day? If I sit down, write it down the night before and I tackle it right away. It just sets the whole day up. And then lately, just to be honest, my mother-in-law was visiting. So things kind of got thrown out of whack from Argentina. Um, nice. but I didn't, I didn't plan and I'd wake up and honestly, I wake up in the morning. It's like, you know, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I spent, I spent a lot of time just kind of trying to figure out, you know, and I only have an hour. So it was, it, I could tell the difference between wow. kind of wasting my time and planning. So that would be my advice. Ah, I love it. If you could be any animal, which would you be and why? <laughs> All right. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I like horses. I like, I like horses, and so because they're they're smart, they're fast, and you know they uh, are just something. Actually, I just always loved. I've always loved horses, and maybe someday I'll buy one. Who knows? Oh, nice, nice on the bucket list. On the, on the bucket list. Yeah, actually, uh, for my son, he actually has riding lessons on. on well, they're actually therapy lessons, but we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, he actually has horse therapy lessons every Saturday. Nice. What's your favorite dessert? What's my favorite? What dessert? Oh, dessert. Uh, I like chocolate. Anything kind of like this chocolate. <laughs> I kind of joke. It's kind of half joking with my students. Like they, if they thank me for doing something, they say, "Oh, what can I do to help you?" They say, "I don't know. Just give me chocolate, and I'll be happy." So yeah, <laughs> got yeah. Name one thing you couldn't live without. Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. We are literally talking. <laughs> Over thousands and thousands of miles for the internet. So, yeah, can't argue <laughs> with it. You're at the karaoke bar. What's your go-to song? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, you would never want to hear me sing. <laughs> uh, well, this is probably, you. I'm guessing for your audience, it would be Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. He's a country singer. Okay. Nice. Tell us something most people don't know about you. Uh, what things most people don't know I, that I was uh, a three sport athlete in high school and uh, like a varsity level uh, because when you think of varsity, well, I, I'm not sure how you use the same terminology, but like the 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 top team, let's say, you know, you're, you're not the yeah. the lower team. So, but I come from a rural North Dakota small town. So basically, if you want to be on the basketball team, if you want to be on the you know, track team, you are, and you can, you know, you can play. So one of the, one of the advantages of being from a small area, is that <laughs> you, yeah. you can be the stud athlete. Cause I'm, I'm not a big guy. I'm a very small, uh, uh, thin guy. So you don't, you wouldn't picture me as a, as a American football player, but I played uh, American high school football. Nice. And finally, what's your biggest distraction? The internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got you. Got you. Yeah, and that's one of the things I'm really trying. Actually, I'm listening to um, an audiobook called The Four Hour Work Week with Tim Ferriss. And that is really good. I recommend that book. I, mean, I still haven't, I'm maybe halfway through with it, but it, 
it's that idea again is trying to eliminate one of his ideas is trying to eliminate all of your wasted time and because i I have a, I'm married, have a young son, work part-time, trying to get this other side business off the ground. So I'm always complaining that, well, I don't have enough time. But you know what? We, I have the time. It's yeah. just how I spend to use it. And it's really getting me to think about prioritizing and just getting rid of all the stuff that isn't important. And that's something else I'm working on. Powerful stuff. It's time for today's lesson. That means it's time for the lesson. <laughs> As right. you know, we teach the four steps to build a personal brand. I discover design, build, and present. Which section have you chosen and what's the lesson? I don't know if you call this discover, but I'll, I'll frame it in that, in that way. So um, when I was preparing for this, I was sitting down at, uh, I was waiting for my son at an appointment. He was at a therapy appointment and he came out and uh, another young little boy was sitting there and and the person came over, the therapist came over to me with my son and the kid looked at me and said, Oh, is Augustine your son? Are you Augustine's daddy? And I'm like, yeah. And it just kind of triggered something because I've been asked that question actually quite a few times by, by younger kids when I'm at his school or whatever. Are you, are you Augustine's dad? And it never really sunk into me, but I started thinking about it a little bit more. And Augustine, my son, who's six years old, when, when he was born, he had a lack of oxygen at birth, which uh, caused a brain injury. And so we've had to work, well, actually he's had like thousands of hours of therapy to try to rewire his brain and get him back to where he should be. And he's still, he'll be doing therapy for a long time. And because of that injury, I'm I'm assuming because of the injury, Augustine just kind of, he does things a little differently because he's not like every other kid. So, you know, he, he, he walks and he, he talks, but he, he has, uh, delays and all these things. He's always a little bit behind everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, one of the things when the, about Augustine is that like he's because well I'm not sure if because of the the speech issues but he's kind of quiet at school he doesn't he doesn't talk a lot to other kids and so I think you know it's all these different layers of Augustine that he he's he's kind of quiet so it kind of develops this little mystery about him because he doesn't say much and he's a little bit different than everybody else and and how he he acts and things and so it's and he goes to therapy and and he's but he's also very outgoing you know so he smiles a lot he he does silly things he's he loves to make other people laugh and he's always doing silly things that probably aren't appropriate in school but he does them anyway because he thinks they're funny and he wants to see what other people do and so his first year of, of uh, elementary school last year um and I don't you know don't know all the reasons but but the, the his teachers would say that oh, everybody knows Augustine and so uh, because of I don't know, just him being him, is that, uh, you know, he, he, st- he stood out, you know, in his own way. And he, he kind of didn't uh, follow all like the, the normal uh, rules, I guess you could say. I know school especially is built around rules. I mean, that's what they do. It's almost kind of, when you think about it, it's really not good. Because <laughs> there's, there's, you're trying to, you know, stand in line, you know, do, you have to follow rules so all the true. time. So true. And so you take kids who are used to maybe being freewheeling or whatever, and they say, no, don't do this. Sit, sit in your, you know, like, the, like kindergarten kids, you know, sit in your chair for like however long they want them to sit. <laughs> and he has a hard time doing that. He, he just can't sit still. And so he, he just stands out. And because of him being his own person and standing out in a positive way, you know, I want to say, you know, he's not a, he's not a, a bad child, but uh, he just, he, he just, is constantly standing out wherever he goes. If, if um, even his swim lessons that he goes to, 
And one of his teachers, when Augustine walks in, he starts, his swim teacher chants his name, Augustine, Augustine. <laughs> and he doesn't, you know, they don't do that with any other kid. And like all the swim teachers know him. And uh, he's just, he's just his own little guy. He's not trying to fit in. Uh, and I think because he's not trying to fit in, he stands out. Yeah. And when I'm so it's translating this over to like when I'm telling on my own podcast and when I'm advising students, I'm constantly telling them, you know, you need to stand when, you, when you're looking for a job, when you're uh, trying, when you're networking, whatever, you know, you're not you don't want to be like everybody else. And so you need to stand out by, you know, all these different ways you can stand out, you know, you, by providing a lot of value, by you know, doing something unique, you know, maybe specializing something unique, maybe speaking different languages, whatever it is that you can stand out. And so for when I was just looking back on, on like my own ways of standing up, I think actually, you know, for, for the person that I know personally who stands out the most, it's my it's my son who actually kind of overshadows me. And in the way that he he has established his personal brand, like when when people when the people at school think of Augustine, like there's some words that you know that just come to their mind yeah. automatically, and they all know who he is. So, for your listeners, if you're you know in school, you're in college, you're just starting out in the work world, it's it's maybe it's rethinking things, and you know not so much like breaking the rules or I don't know being you know being uh, silly about it. But you no, know, don't you don't always have to follow the rules. You know, you don't always have to do what the society tells you to do because if you do keep doing what society tells you to do, you never stand out. Mm. And so, you know, be be the most you that you can be. And because you're all, everybody's unique, I know this is like cliche, but you are. Everybody, nobody has you. Nobody has your experiences. Nobody has your background. And so, and nobody has your passion, your, your unique passion. So you know, go against the grain, you know, do something that you're passionate about and don't care. I think this is the part where Augustine does set himself apart is that, you know, he doesn't care what other people think. Oh, you know, that's, that's the most difficult <laughs> bit to get to. But if you can get there, ah, oh, I know exactly what you mean. You're, you're, you're gone clear because it's no longer about other people's opinions. It's just about what makes you feel good. What makes you feel like you're being real and you just continue to do that. And that's the hardest part. I mean, that society... And I don't think it's unique to American or British societies like, you know, that the society wants you to conform. And at the same time, that hurts you. You know, if you the more you conform, the less you stand out. And uh, I think the less unique you can be until later on in life, when you look back at your life, like, oh, I wish I, would, I wish I would have done these things. Like, yeah. well, for people who are younger, I guess that's the thing is that is that you're 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 so used to blending in that it's hard to think that way but if you can kind of do the mental adjustment and just think about how you know not caring what what other people think of you and uh and going against the grain when appropriate I'm not saying just to do it just to, for the sake yeah, of doing it don't start smashing the windows in your school so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly <laughs> yeah no 100% i think the the lesson itself is amazing and what I want to get clear for the listeners is how can they implement it into their own lives? You know, what if there were three steps, three things that they could do right now to step towards that real authentic version of themselves to help them to stand out? What would those three things be? Well, the first thing, this is like, I guess, come from my advising background, is, is discovering that passion. I mean, you have to have, I mean, you have to have, I, I would 
this is in a career sense, uh, or a life sense, and be just career is like, you know, what are you, what are you really passionate about? What are some things that not, not so much like your job that you're passionate about, just things you are self personally passionate about. Yes. 100%. And, and so, you know, as part of that, you know, then you have to figure out, well, what can I do to, to reach my goals that I associate with that passion? If it's, you know, if you're, maybe you're really passionate about music or, you know, playing guitar or whatever. And so, you know, you, you need to figure out, well, this is what I suggest. You want to figure out what's the best way that you can really, you know, get the most out of that interest. And so, and this yeah. is where the st- standing out part comes, is that let's say, um, well, I actually use an int- uh, example from, from my podcast that, that I had, a student of mine who um, was a guest on the podcast show, she was very passionate about uh, health. And then she was, for a career, she wanted to get into corporate health. Uh, which is like, you know, uh, companies that, you know, have things that they do to try to keep their employees healthy because really it saves them money. If they have a healthy employees, it's good for the bottom line. So yeah, it's, it's, a big, it's a big thing. I'm not sure in the UK if it is, but over here it's, it's becoming a big thing about trying to keep their employees healthy. And so she, that was the area that she was interested in. And so what she did, which was really unique that like I never saw any other students do, is that she thought outside the box. Okay, I want, she was very clear what she wanted. She said, I want this particular job at this particular uh city where she wanted to live in even at this particular company like she had she investigated she found a company that she really thought would match well with with her passions and so um she reached out to she went through linkedin and she reached out to a bunch of people she did not know these are managers of health organizations and managers within that organization that she wanted to work with she contacted them um she uh, had like set up like phone calls with them to, to learn more about what they did. And she just said, well, I'm a student here at the university of Arizona. Uh, I'm looking at going into this field and I just want to have, you know, maybe 30 minutes of your time to ask you questions. And so these are, she, so she was reaching up to people nice. who, were, who could be potentially hiring her. And then she, you know, she, I think she emailed like 20 people and like 10 of them got back to her, which is a pretty huge ratio. When yeah, you think tell of me about it. And then she even went so far as that the company that she really wanted to work for, when they after they had that initial phone call, she flew there from Tucson to, to, to it was in uh, uh, Denver, Colorado, and she actually did like a tour. Uh, this is like on her own money to learn more about the company, and and uh, and then she they got to know more about her and her background. And she actually had a really solid background; like she did a lot. She she had a lot to offer them, and so. You know, she did what nobody else does. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, nobody does that. And she got that job. I mean, of course. You know, who, are, who else is going to get chosen on top of her? So, I mean, that's, that's an example of like thinking outside the box and standing out. And so, again, it's, it's, it's doing what other people don't do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what makes you stand out because other people aren't doing it. That's what really impressed all those managers because nobody else does those things. Nobody else reaches out to them. Nobody else nice. with her background, you know. Yeah, so it sort of sounds like you've got, first and foremost, discover what that passion actually is, what you stand for, what will keep your blood pumping and keep you excited while you're working so it doesn't feel like your typical work situation because you're passionate about it. Uh, then the second thing there is, do more than what's expected of you by the sounds of it because what the company would have expected is for her to turn up, do an interview, uh, send an application form like everybody does. What she did is said, that's what they'd expect. I'm going to call this company way before I even want to have an interview so that I'm in their minds. And I think that's that in itself is very powerful. And then the third theme that I heard there was 
continuing to build your brand even earlier on because you're saying her background helped her a lot which meant she'd been building that from maybe even primary school secondary school college age so that by the time she got to that situation she was standing on a firm foundation so it's being able to put all those three things together know your passion do more than what's expected of you and then be able to tell people about your journey so far and the foundation and skills and talents you've got already that would be awesome and will take you so much further than the average person it's about aiming a little higher than anyone else is prepared to or aim a little higher than anyone expects you to and yeah i think you've gone clear there and thank you so much for the example of your son because it sounds like he's an example of that lesson at the age of six years old in its absolute purest form yep which is beautiful well thank you and you're you're exactly right and again if if that uh, that my former student she could have done numbers one and numbers steps number one and number two but if she didn't have step three which is having that background and having that value it wouldn't have done her any i mean I, I would say it wouldn't have done her any good because they would say, oh, you know, you did all these things, but, you know, you're just like everybody else. Yeah. So she stood out because she had done more than other people had done in preparation for that interview. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Alan. It's been an honor to have you on the show. And before we let you go, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Well, they can uh, find my podcast at www.crushyourinternship.com and they can uh, also connect with me through there through the website. And they can also just send me a personal email at uh, alanboudry at yahoo.com. So it's A-L-A-N-B as in boy, E-A-U-D as in David, R-I-E at yahoo.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, you can surround yourself with eagles or chickens and you spend time with a true eagle, Mr. Alan Boudry. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know you got so much value out of it and you're probably sat there thinking, do you know what? I want to build my personal brand and I know it can seem daunting at first. I mean, where do you start? Let me help you. Just below this podcast player, you'll see a big button that says join the Aim a Little Higher tribe. Join, get signed up, and I'm going to send over to you a crash course in how to build your personal brand. Let's start this journey to help you stand out in this crowded world. Peace.